0: Welcome to another podcast of Teacher to Teacherpreneur. My name is Patrice Palmer and today I have Matt Perland with us and uh, I think Matt is one of the first teacher teacherpreneurs. So welcome Matt.
1: Thank you. Hello. Nice to be here. Thank you. So where are you right now? Um, well, I'm actually in Poland. Uh, I'm from England. I'm from the UK, but I... And I currently live in Poland, so I'm working here in uh, language schools and with private students and with Skype students as well.
0: All right, well, I wanted to talk to you about your teacherpreneur work. So you have written 17 books and more than 4,000 worksheets, mm-hmm. which I think is absolutely incredible. How did you find the time to do all of this <laughs> writing while you were teaching?
1: Uh, Gosh, it's a good question. I think it's even more than 17 books, but um, more like about 24 books. But yeah, it's a very good question. I don't know really how I've managed it. I think because um, the books are generally books of worksheets, so it's more a case of writing worksheets for a given need, for a particular lesson, and then collating them together after say, you know, certain number of months, putting them together and making a book. For example, the big grammar book, that's my most popular book. It was just a collection of worksheets put in loosely themed around grammar.
0: So I've talked to a lot of teacherpreneurs about the importance of testing their materials mm-hmm. using real students and um, allowing teachers to test out materials. Did you do that at all?
1: Yes, it was absolutely vital, and I still do it with uh, new materials that I'm writing. Uh, even today I'm I'm writing materials about all and whole. How, what's the difference between all and whole? And I'm trialing it in the lesson, and uh, yesterday I started with the first student, and we sort of we, we got somewhere, and I said to her, you know, thanks for coming, but if you come back on Friday this lesson will be even better, It will be really good. <laughs> so oh, it's sort of stage by stage. But yeah, right. I couldn't write anything, any worksheets without student feedback because first of all, there's no point if you're not teaching, if you don't need to write them. And secondly, uh, you don't know if they understand it or if they get it and they really help you to, to refine it.
0: Well, I think it's the same with teaching a lesson. You know, we can make what we think is the best lesson plan and then we actually try it out in class and realize, Mm -hmm. oh, well, that didn't quite work or I should move that around. So that is something I never really thought of in terms of um, writing books and and e-books and teaching materials is testing it out. So I just wanted to to talk to you a bit about that. So um, are you still writing Resources
1: now, Matt, or what are you doing Mm -hmm. these days? Um, At the moment, I'm working on my website, which is perlandtraining.com, and this is a sort of wide-ranging resource website, all kinds of different resources, including videos and podcasts and worksheets and you know, idiom of the day, this sort of thing. But really, the heart of it is an elementary English course, and I'm working through, through, through this with the aim of writing ten units and putting them online, and really covering all the, all the basic things. I mean, the last, u- the last lesson I, f- I completed was about pronouns, and just at a low level, you know, what is a pronoun. What do we do with it? Why you know how do we use it? What are the pronouns in English and what does it mean? So I'm sort of in the middle of unit four of this project So I'm hoping to finish and complete it um, sometime this year later this year But the first three units uh, are online on the website to visit and to to use and download the materials, so I'm working through this this project, sort of slowly because I do work full time, as well. Like you say, I work uh, work a lot of the time. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, where can teachers and students find your resources?
1: Uh, at this at the website perlandtraining.com. Can you spell out your name, Matt? Yes, sure. It's P-U-R-L-A-N-D training dot com. And there you can find
0: everything. Great. And how useful do you think social media
1: is for a teacherpreneur like yourself? Um, I think it's vital really to, to connect with other teachers. To find out what uh, people are talking about, to what you know, find out about new resources. Uh, every day there's a stream of uh, of new materials online, whether it be t- on Twitter, on Facebook, or anywhere else. And um, I often find things useful things, like a picture, which maybe is a chart of something describing a point of grammar or vocabulary, or Or idioms, we can get into conversations with other teachers, uh, find out about their lives, ask them questions. You know, if you're a new teacher, then you can go online, ask somebody. You know, I'm happy for people to contact me on Twitter and just say, but but what should I do in this teaching situation, or what's what's what what is this grammar point about? So. I think it helps you feel less isolated, you know, many people teach EFL in uh, in strange places or distant, far away places, and we can be connected to our homeland, to our our country.
0: Well, and also connecting teachers, so that's how we met. We um, yes, live absolutely. in two different mm-hmm. uh, countries, and, and probably our paths would never have crossed, so... Um, yeah. I think it's, it's a really good way to reach out and connect with other people who are doing uh, similar kinds of, of teaching online. As you can say, as you say it can be a bit isolating. So one of the questions that I love to ask teacherpreneurs is about comfort zone. And I know in the last year I've had to do a lot of things outside of my comfort zone. Uh, including, you know, starting a podcast. So I'm curious, <laughs> what have you had to do outside of your comfort zone as a
1: teacherpreneur? Um, I think it can be it can be hard. For example, starting a new project with multimedia, like a podcast or something like that. Um, for me, it's it can be stepping out into a different location or different situation. Uh, I remember when I had to teach uh, in a nursery school, two-year-olds, uh, two-year-old children running around and just trying to t- think. Well, what what could be the grammar point in this? So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or maybe phrasal verb: sit down, <laughs> uh, stand up, run around. And what what value can I give them? Because of course, I'm I was getting paid to teach English, even at this very low level. And then, so what do they need? And it's a different, uh, absolutely different set of uh, skills and a different mindset. But you've still got to give value as a teacher in what you're doing. Uh, I think another t- another time when I had to really uh, step out of my comfort zone, you know, comfort zone is when you're doing something you're comfortable with, you know what you're doing, you know what to do, you control the situation, but another time was when I got a job in a Polish uh, high school, which is called Liceum, and there I was faced with you know twenty or twenty five teenagers, so from the other from one end of the scale, from the tiny ones to the teenagers. And they're not happy to be at school. They're not not very excited. They're not uh, running around like the little ones. But they're more sitting glumly, you know, staring at their books or staring at the floor. And they've got maybe eight lessons in every day and one of them is English with with me. And how to engage them, how to make it interesting by while still following the syllabus. So this was... A uh, bit of a challenge at times, but really good, really good experience, which I enjoyed very, very much.
0: And I think, you know, you give some good examples. Um, teachers often uh, underestimate their skills that they have developed mm. in the classroom. And so in a TESOL, at a TESOL conference recently, I presented teacher to teacherpreneur panour. And a teacher introduced herself as, I'm just an ESL teacher. Oh, <laughs> And we did a, an activity where we brainstormed transferable skills, and we've come up with a list of about 50. So what skills did you gain from classroom teaching that have allowed you to excel as
1: a teacherpreneur? Um, I think it's, by doing it just week in, week out, for years, I mean, I've been teaching English for about 14 years in all kinds of different situations, not just EFL in the UK with college students, with uh, asylum seekers, you know, sitting around the table with 40 people in the class, all of them uh, refugees or asylum seekers from Afghanistan, and it's just keeping hold of the the point what point are you trying to teach what do you want to get across today in my lessons in each lesson it was the same what's the difference between all and whole how can we say when do we say all and when do we say all the what's the difference between this very subtle point um, and in this case, I've been exploring it with the students. I haven't finished the materials, and I haven't got it right exactly. But it's just looking at it, what is it? Uh, what do you want them to know by the end of the lesson? And each time today, I, at the end, I ask them, I ask them, you know, what do you think that helped? Is it clear enough? Oh, yes, <laughs> I didn't know that. And this is our, our sort of manner from heaven, isn't it? This phrase, I didn't know that. Yes, it's a wonderful phrase well, no, to hear. You
0: know. <laughs> yes, great. So my last question, Matt, um, has to do with fear and doubt. So it it, it relates a little bit to comfort zone, but um, sometimes... Um, teachers tell me, well, I don't have a shortage of ideas, but it's just I don't want to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. So, for, you know, we talked about the 24 books you've written and, and all the worksheets and everything you've accomplished in the last 14 years. What advice would you give to a teacher who's considering putting themselves out there in terms of writing a, a book, a resource, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, providing a, an online teaching service?
1: I think it would be try to get the support of your line manager, try to or your your manager, the owner of the school, whoever it is that 's above you, try to get their support and rope them in to help you. Um, I think that is vital when I started out writing worksheets. Um, I had a really supportive line manager in derby uh, Helen, and she she really encouraged me when I produced. My first book you know I had it printed 10 copies printed at the local printers and she said oh we'll buy one we'll buy one and I think she paid on behalf of the company about 25 pounds for one copy of my book and imagine how uh, it made me feel but she didn't have to do it so try to get the, the encouragement of others, if not your manager, then somebody else around you. Maybe you can team up with somebody. I would say in English that you can never exhaust the subject. There's always treasure, even searching for the the meaning of all and whole. It, mm-hmm. It's fascinating, for me it's fascinating. And I, uh, I'm excited to do the lesson tomorrow, maybe four times a similar kind of lesson with different <laughs> with different people but that that's exciting for me what about modal verbs what are they what do they do when do we use them what examples so you ha- you need enthusiasm don't just l- read the books that you're given but yeah think about your resources what can you do and this is where I would uh, encourage people with the biggest advice is put down the course book and think about you be the teacher, you be the book, you do the grammar point, you learn it, understand it first, and then let the students work and produce in the class, uh, produce speaking, uh, role plays, dialogues, um, dramas, whatever. But let the students produce the the material and then do the book for homework. And we don't need th- to be tied to the book. Don't be a slave to the book. Because if you are, you are just a presenter of a book. And that's mm-hmm. really what a lot of uh, people want you to be. Because it's the easy way, the quick way. But be interested in the language Be fascinated and excited by it Um, because if you're not, this is your business. If you're not, then maybe it's not the right business for you.
0: No, I agree. I think that's great advice. Um, I love what you said about you can never exhaust the subject. Mm. So even though um, there's a lot of material out there, um, it doesn't mean that you can't think of another way or another type of resource to to teach something like phrasal verbs. So, um, great advice. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, I'm going to let you have the final word. Is oh. there anything else you'd like to add?
1: Um, no, I'd just like to thank you for having me on the podcast. It's really nice uh, to be here. It's nice to share some ideas. And like you say, this the material or the source matter is the same for everybody but how you d- how you describe phrasal verbs how you describe modal verbs or all and whole how you what you give to it will be totally unique and nobody uh, has got a monopoly on the english language not any university not any school or big chain of schools nobody so anybody can have a go and the more you study and uh, practice and make materials, the more you will learn and the better value you will give and maybe the better job you will have and better salary. So it could end up uh, being a winner.
0: Great. Can you just give your website one more time?
1: Yes, of course. It's P U R L A N D com. And it's a work in progress, like all websites are. But everybody's welcome to come and have a look and get in touch if you uh, have a question or comment.
0: Great. Thank you. I've been talking to Matt Perland in Poland. Matt is one of the first teacherpreneurs. I thank you for listening. Bye for now.